Welcome to the PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller, David Wynn, and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller and David Wynn have joined me today, and we are going to discuss shop safety, in particular, a dozen indicators to score your shop. Welcome, Carly. Welcome, David. Thanks, Miles. Thank you, Miles. So you're saying a dozen, you've got a list? I, I, I have a list, and okay. these are these are my 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 indicators. This is my scorecard. If I visit a shop, I, I wanna have an objective means of saying this is a good place, this is this is a place I'd like my daughters to work, this is a place I don't want my daughters to even no exists oh, right this, this is great timing because we're going to be going on visits and mastery program well there you go and okay. and by the way osha is asking for people to talk about leading indicators for safety so the reports that we do when we have accidents those are lagging indicators okay we don't want to manage by lagging right, indicators right. yes <laughs> so i i just thought i I'd, I'd start walking us through these so I would ask our listeners while we're going through these, what do you look at when you visit a new shop? What is the one or two things that tell you what you need to know about that shop? And then please let us know so we can come back and revisit this. Oh, I like that. Okay. So my very first indicator is, is the person, usually a management person, who is escorting me through the shop, Wearing their personal protective equipment. Oh, well, yeah. That's a great point. Lead by example. Yeah. Do you hold yourself accountable? <laughs> as an example of safety in your shop. I mean, do you walk the talk? Yeah. Dave, when you had the shop, did you give tours of your shop? We did do some tours. And, uh, you know, one of the first things we always did, I, I told everybody to make sure they had steel toe shoes. And even though I'm not sure that's totally required in our environment with small parts, but it was just something we did for extra safety and hand everybody a pair of safety glasses before we walk in. So it's safe to say that your, your tour guides, which is probably you. Generally me. Steel toe shoes and uh, safety glasses. <laughs> yes. Don't go anywhere without the steel toes. Right. So the second one is kind of a corollary to that. And it's the first one I'm asking the person taking us around. Second one is, as as managers, as leaders, do we hold ourselves to that same level? That's important, you know. And, and you know, it's not just glasses. Shops can be a noisy environment. And when I see, when I see them reaching for those foam earplugs, I reach for those foam earplugs. If they avoid it, Maybe I don't need it. Maybe you don't. Maybe I do, but, mm -hmm. you know, example, you know, uh, 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 the last Pink Floyd album that came out, the last song on it is Louder Than Words. And what they're talking about, the title, that track, Louder Than Words, is your actions speak louder than words. Yeah. So reach for those earplugs, put those glasses on, and speak louder than words indicator what else well i come from a steel background and we had 
overhead crane. So the first thing I do once I get through the door is I look up to see what can fall on me. Oh, I would never think to look up. Well, I didn't either. My very first day in the cast house at Republic Steel's Blast Furnace in Warren, Ohio, as a 150-pound lightweight high school senior, and maintenance people were working up on the bustle pipe on the blast furnace, and a big old 14-inch wrench came barreling down and just missed my shoulders and just missed my hard hat, but uh, would have probably broke a clavicle if it would have hit my shoulder. At least. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good day. A pipe wrench from 30 feet above your head is not a no. fun thing. No. No. All right. So check the overheads. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now that we've done that, you know, let's let's use all the muscles of our neck. Let's check the footing. Let's check the floor. Looking up, then looking down. Looking down. Walkways. Am, am I going to slip, slide, trip, or impale myself on some obstacle or debris on the, on the walkway. So is, is it safe for me to move around? Yeah. Slip strips and falls. That's a big part of all accidents in factories. Cause that's just, that's something that's easy to happen. Uncleanliness, getting the oil and chips on the floor, running an extension cord across the floor, making a trip hazard. It's easy to do and not think about it. It is. And, you know, David, uh, demographics is very important in, in this. I don't think it's a uh, it's no surprise to me that slips, trips and falls is now a matter of urgency and and importance for OSHA as the baby boomers become those with osteoporosis threats when a fall can truly be career ending. Right. When we were teenagers, hey, it's, you bounced right you back bounce up. right back up. Healed right, right in front of your you eyes. You know, if if you were one of the good guys, you'd just do a kip and get back up. Hey, I nailed it, right? Uh, not doing that anymore. That's that's not a thing. So I've noticed in a lot of the shops that we've visited, there's the yellow tape that kind of indicates safe walkways. Yes, and I've cannot think of a time where I've seen anything in the, like none of the boxes stick out into there. None of no, the. It's unimpeded. Unimpeded. That's, that's an unimpeded walkway. It needs to be. So, so what else don't you see in those, in those walkways? Um, what else don't I see? I don't see a lot of things. I don't see dinosaurs <laughs> and I don't see. Do you <laughs> see extension cords? No. No, no cords. There's nothing running. No hoses. Them. Trip hazard, trip hazard. Serious walkway. We take it serious. As we should. As, as you're we you're probably should. looking yeah. up at these yeah. fantastic machines and not down where you're walking. Right. You need to be able to take that, you know, for granted. If you can't, then you've, you've you know, obviously staying on your feet is important, more important than observing. So. Actually yeah. reminds me of our walks. We can't really look around on our walks because we're always looking down to dodge all the little goose bombs that are left yeah, on the sidewalk. That's right. Or the geese chasing us away from their nest. <laughs> yeah, <too. laughs> they're mean. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, what else? Okay. So we're in the shop environment. Mm -hmm. Now let's look at the personnel in the shop environment. 
Okay. David, what should we be looking at at the personnel in our shop environment? Make sure they're wearing their appropriate PPE. Do well, they have their safety glasses on? Do they require earmuffs or plugs? Are they wearing those? Are yep. they wearing steel-toed boots if they're working with heavy items? Yep. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So we've covered the tour guides. We've covered the personnel. We've covered up. We've covered down. What's next? Equipment. Ah. Now let's look at the equipment that creates potential hazards. And this is the miles free guaranteed I can get a violation in anybody's shop today rule or indicator. I just want to go look at your grinder. Why? (laughs) Well, it won't have the guards on. The wheel won't be adjusted uh, to the proper amount from the tool rest. There probably won't be water in the... uh, little quench thing. And uh, by the way, if it's on a casting, that casting probably had three holes for mounting that casting to a pallet when it's shipped, which OSHA takes as, as uh, they, they insist that those three holes are not for shipping temporarily. Those are for anchoring, even though the center of gravity, you can't knock it over. So if those those holes aren't filled with a bolt and secured to something, uh, that's a violation too. So many, many ways to write up a grinder for being deficit. So to me, if there was only one, if there was only, you know, one thing to say, I can look at one thing and tell you how your shop is, just take me to your grinder. Uh-huh. <laughs> take me to your grinder. And like take we'll, me to your leader, but take, take me, to, me to your leader, right? <laughs> Who beamed that guy down, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet I know one because you're talking about equipment. I'll bet I know an indicator. Okay, it's the the guards, right? Machine guards, absolutely. That's the very next one on the list. Are the machine guards actually in place? Are they secured? Are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Or are they set out of the way because it's more convenient for the operator to do this or that? Can they do that? They can set them out of the way? <laughs> On the old uh, old cam automatics, those sheet metal guards were certainly capable of being lifted off, slid to the side, and there were no interlocks. Still are no interlocks. That equipment was before interlocks yeah. were invented. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. When I think of machine guards, I think of our chomper here in the office. I call (laughs) it chomper. It's got to have a real name, but it's this huge blade that comes down and can cut through literally a ream of paper in a second. And you have to have the machine guard down and it takes two thumbs on either side of the machine before that blade will go down. So, so tell them the story of, Oh, gosh. So I'm brand new at PMPA. I don't even think a week. It it might have been my first week. And I had put together a new printed directory. And I was so excited to use this chomper. And Miles came in and he said, don't you dare use that machine without somebody here. And I said, but I can't. I, I can't hurt myself because it won't run with the machine guard up. I need both thumbs either way. I can't. He's still. 
still wanted somebody around just in case. Yeah, if I it'll mean, cut through a ream of paper, it would probably take your hand off. Oh, it'd take your head off. Yeah, I, no it, doubt. It, this is a guillotine for paper that... <laughs> You know, so it's like, okay, was she, was she, was she trained on this? You know, where the safety context, have we done any hazard analysis? And I mean, you talk about two determined people trying That's to <laughs> trying to solve a problem in a first week. It was it was a pretty interesting uh, event, and we got through it. We did get through, and everybody's fingers are oh, still intact, all intact. Yeah, so I won't use that chomper, but. I love that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is one that I can hear the groans ahead of time, and that's lockout tagout. Oh, you've been talking about this forever. I yeah. knew what this was even before I started with PMPA because you used to talk about it in class. Yeah, this is this is really important. So OSHA has the 1910.147 standard for control of hazardous energy. Lockout tagout is is how we accomplish that. And so if I see any maintenance activity at all, if I see a guard off the machine, I know that guard's off the machine. I need to have hazardous energy controlled. I want to see the lockout tag out. Okay, that's a big indicator. That's, that's a big indicator. That's a potential leading indicator for death. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, think of the power. How many RPMs on these machines, David? 20,000. Yeah. How much torque? Oh, man. It's through the roof. <laughs> Depends on the machine. Okay. But some of those you, big ones. You want to wrestle with that? That? No. I don't want to wrestle tool. with a little one, let alone, you know, a big four-inch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. No, you know, the another thing about the hazards is energy is things like frayed extension cords and um, cords laying and pools of fluid and things like that. There's there's a lot of other ways where we got this that that's a potential danger. When you say pools of fluid, David, I think, oh God, I'm back in America. <laughs> I'm back in America. I just came back, uh, listeners, I just came back from a visit at Horn Technology Days. And I visited three, they have three separate facilities plant. The first plant, second plant, and the third plant with carbide. And they grind tools. They've got all kinds of metalworking equipment there. And I didn't see a single droplet on any floor in any of the three plants. And you're talking about pools of fluids. And I literally didn't see a single drop of oil on any floor surface yeah. on three different plants. So it's like if your level of housekeeping tolerates pools of fluids, uh, we need to reconsider what we think of as suitable housekeeping. Well, let's talk about housekeeping. Yeah. What so, about it? I mean, we've been in, I know, I, I get it, but we've been in many shops. We have. Our member shops yes. where there isn't a drop of liquid on the floor. That's right. Either. That's that's true. That's true. I'm uh, Not to be disrespectful, but but... I mean, that's a pretty high standard. If you can walk into a shop and you're confused as to whether or not it's a shop or a pharmaceutical company, I'd say you have your housekeeping under pretty good control. Or a showroom. Or a showroom. There right. you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 
in that situation, you know there's a process because that just doesn't happen. Housekeeping doesn't just happen. There's got to be a process. An executed process. Executed process, and people have to be held accountable for that. So so who is who is held accountable? Who who's responsible? And by the way, I, I've got this neat take on the word responsible now. Oh yeah? Yeah. What's that? It means not who to blame. It means who has the ability to respond. Oh. I like that. Yeah. The ability to respond. Right. I can I can respond. I am responsible. Because I am responsible. I, I have that ability to respond. So. Uh, and the response is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Don't, yep. <laughs> don't know. All right. I think if I'm counting this correctly, that was nine. So you owe me three more. I, I, I do indeed. So my favorite indicator is... The Miles Free Mountain Dew Bottle Indicator. Excuse me? (laughs) Miles Free's Mountain Dew Bottle Indicator. There are several chemicals in use in our shops, coolants, dyes, penetrants, that use uh, fluorescein green, which remarkably looks like Mountain Dew in a fluid. Oh, okay. And I have seen bottles of beverages, various beverages, repurposed to hold <gasps> applications of various oils, coolants, solutions, some of which look remarkably like Mountain Dew. So you don't know if you're drinking Mountain Dew or... Well, I'm not drinking anything by the machine <laughs> in a bottle that looks glowy green, but I mean, seriously, uh, all all fluids, all workplace materials need to be adequately identified and labeled. And a Mountain Dew is not a proper container. It's not labeled. And uh, so are people repurposing beverages, water bottles? You know, we had we had a ruined chem lab. You know, nobody drinks out of beakers, right? Hmm. Right? Yeah. You're yep. not drinking out of Even glassware. you're trying to be kitschy. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's, that's neither funny nor survivable in many cases. So, um, yeah. Um, is it properly labeled, properly contained? And is that container put where it needs to be, not sitting on a bench next to the coffee cup? Ah. <laughs> You're laughing, Dave. <laughs> I, <laughs> you can you've been in a shop as long as I have. You've seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What else? Okay, so I owe you two more. We talked about looking up overhead, but we didn't really talk about a specific overhead hazard, just stuff falling in general. Yeah. And if a shop has an overhead crane, which many do to bring material, yeah, I've then, um, then uh, I've got another thing to look for, and that's rigging equipment. Those... Oh, like the straps and stuff? Yes. So if I see an overhead crane, I want to go look at straps. I'm going to be that guy. I've seen you be that guy. You have seen me be (laughs) that guy. And I'll go look at the straps. And what do I look for? I look, is there an identification number? I look, is it frayed? You know, and then I'll ask, who's done the inspection on this? When were these last inspected? 
And then I usually get told, don't ever come back here again <laughs> because they don't have answers. And, but it's very important because, you know, if you've got a quarter of a million, half a million dollar machine and you've got, you know, 5,000 or 10,000 pounds of steel or other material being hauled overhead. Over your and, personnel. And, and over, not to mention, you know, killing, <laughs> killing Private Ryan. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, this, this, this sling, the strap is frayed and it lets go. I mean, you could get impaled. I, it just, it's just, it's just wrong. This needs to be really tracked and, and surveilled and properly, properly documented. Understood. Yeah. Okay. You got to have the paperwork on everything you do. Well, I, I mean, it, in, in this case, it's, you know, out of sight, out of mind until we need it. And, You're right. And, but that, that documentation gives the management and the, and the performers the confidence that what they're using and what they're doing is right and that they're going to be safe while doing it. And so the disposal of this stuff's just as important because the last thing you want to do is export this hazard to your best performer who thinks, hey, this will be great for pulling a stump. And then he'll use that. He'll tie it around the stump and then he'll throw the loop over the pickup truck and then he'll pull it and then it'll break. And, you know, and little kids die. I don't know what happens. Wow. But it's like, yeah. So Your head just goes. Just, <laughs> yeah. Cut these things up when you dispose of them because somebody's going to find value. And it's not value. It's, it's potential death. It's garbage. So potential death. So those are my leading indicators. Well... No, you, you owe me one more. I do, but it's, it's not an indicator of your shop safety. It's an indicator of, uh-oh, what happens if your shop isn't safe? And that's the presence and condition of first aid kits, eye wash stations. Mm. Are they located in the right place? Are, is, so uh, the eye wash station, the, the shower, in case you get acid spilled on you, if you've got electric batteries run in an internal lift truck. Okay. Electric lift trucks, batteries, there's acid, electrolyte, you put water in, top it off, charge it, could be hydrogen, could, could explode. So what happens is we'll, they'll plumb in where the eyewash station is and the emergency shower is, and then we'll, you know, move some equipment and we'll make the cells, make cells instead of departments and all of a sudden, somebody turns in a suggestion. Let's move the charger for the thing to over here where it's out of the way. And so now it's like around a wall and in the other building. And your your rescue equipment, your eyewash, your uh, too far away showers. Yeah, and now you got acid and you can't get there. So so um, I always take a look at that. And then, by the way. You've got defibrillators now. Yeah. Um, anybody check them? <laughs> yeah. Those, uh, doesn't all that have to be inspected? Yes, they should. The top 12. This is my, my dozen indicators that I look at. I'm sure I'm missing some. I'm just a steel guy walking around in, in a machine shop. What are the indicators that you look for? is what I would ask our audience to share. And we can revisit this because this is important. If we're going to all continuously improve 
not just the safety, but, you know, the attractiveness of a career. Uh, we need to do our best. Well, and this is going to be posted on our social media channels so people could give us the other, their indicators in the, in the comments. That'll be great. Look forward to it. Shop safety, a dozen indicators to score your shop. I hope your shop scored very highly. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe to our podcast. You don't want to miss one. Also, check out our Speaking of Suppliers podcast to hear how our technical members can help your shops. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org where you can find our knowledge centers filled with articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources just for precision machining. Advantage of a PMPA membership. Be sure to check out pmpa.org to learn how we can help you thrive. And why is a PMPA membership important, Carly and Miles? Are better together. Yeah, Next Monday, Precision.